can't tell if the chemistry is good by looking at it. It wasn't clear yesterday. For the last time, the saltwater pool is a chlorine pool. This is the Talking Pools podcast with pool pros from every region in the country. If it happens in a pool, you'll hear about it here. Everything from tips and hacks to the latest tricks and trends, breaking news. We lay it on the line. We tell it like it is because we think you deserve to know. G'day folks, welcome back to Mondays Down Under on the Talking Pool podcast. My name's Peter from Australia, joined by Shane from New Zealand. G'day Shane, how are you? Peter, pretty good, thank you. Today is a very good day, do you know why? Because you've knocked off work. No, <laughs> but it's lovely. <laughs> <laughs> but Stylish I threads. Yes, we're Talking Pools podcast t-shirt. Very bright, very yeah. summery. Yes, this is actually, my one is the first piece of clothing I've ever worn that's yellow. Really? Mm. Contrast with the grey and the beard too much. Oh, it looks good. Mm, gold and silver. Let's go with that. <laughs> What's been happening over there in Pool World? Oh, yes, they're cleaning up from um, the cyclone that um, they come into New Zealand and um, there was floods prior to the cyclone. Right. Um, it was more bad weather, which come in mid this week. Mm-hmm. Um, West Auckland got hit, hit pretty hard again. Um, there's a leaking pool, which I went to um, just after the cyclone, which ended up, I tested everything. Her water drained, you know, within three days. The pool was completely empty. Everything was tested. Um and then it ended up being the hydrostatic valve mm-hmm. uh, pushed up. There was a there was a few leaves which got caught inside as it sealed back down. It ended up draining the pool, so ended up replacing the hydro because I was X amount of years old. Pool filled up, and then she called me a couple of days later saying, again, when when more bad weather come in, the pool started to drain again. God. So went back there, dived into the pool, and then same thing happened with the new hydrostatic valve. Uh, leaves got pushed in, and then then they were sealed under the under the gasket. So um, at the same time, I ended up by testing around the lights; they were leaking. We managed to fix them. Um, sorted out the hydro, and then the pool was good for about. Four days. Mm-hmm. Then yesterday there was heavy, no, it was Saturday morning. Uh, she texted me there was heavy rain again Friday. Who started leaking again? <laughs> You've got to be shitting me. Yeah. Well, exactly the same thing happening. The hydro, the pr- the pressure, the hydrostatic pressure keeps pushing up this hydro and you know, it only takes a little bit of debris to yep. get 
my gasket. But the uh, the interesting thing is the water in the swimming pool was um, literally underneath the coping stone. It's a concrete pool underneath the coping stone. Mm-hmm. And it the pool is semi semi in ground, semi out ground. The deep end and one of the pool walls is um, you know, there is no ground next to that. That's above ground. Um, but a garden is next to the shallow end and one of the other side walls. So the only thing I can think of, she's her property is midway on a hill in clay. Um, every time it rains, basically it's getting the road run off, the neighbors run off. And her, I don't think her drainage system is that great in the garden next to the swimming pool. Yep. So I think it's still been saturated for the last four weeks, three or four weeks. Mm-hmm. And every bit of rainfall coming down now, it's just, you can't see, she was saying it's not pooling on the grass when the rain comes down, but there's obviously that extra little bit of pressure to relief, um, you know, make our hydrostatic valve um, push up slightly. Yeah. So this one over the last couple of weeks have, is has been driving me a little bit mental. But yes. We'll back here again tomorrow. Uh, we're gonna have to, we're gonna have to put a plug, threaded plug in the hydro, um, just to stop the leak temporary, mm-hmm. um, and then start digging a little bit in our garden, maybe down one foot and actually see if there's um, water, saturated water in this garden part. Yeah. And if, then she's going to have to get somebody into um, sort of our drainage, I think. Yeah. Or even some, uh, uh, install some subsoil drainage or even pump groundwater out if that's possible, depending on the, the conditions. Uh, much like we'll do in a, we're putting a pool in where there's a high water, groundwater table. Yes, yeah. She had the drainage put in when they installed the pool. This was probably about right. 15 years ago. Maybe it's just starting to show its age and it's starting to collapse underneath the ground now. I don't know what material they put in there to use for the drainage. Sounds like me, starting to show my age and collapse. <laughs> <laughs> We've got the opposite problem over here, uh, no flooding. The um, last time we had any real rain was mid-November. So everything is as dry as a bone. Uh, everything's dusty. Every year this time of year, I notice a lot more pools getting very fine dust in them. Yes. Uh, some of it's so fine, it just goes straight through the filter, so we do need to use clarifiers from time to time, which I try to avoid whenever possible. But uh, I just like some decent, a decent bit of rainfall. Yeah. Uh, all the natural grasses and everything are all brown. Uh, a lot of the trees are, or some of the trees are struggling. The native trees are fine, of course. They're they're used to the conditions. But uh, no, a nice bit of rain. Not that much as you, uh, not as much as you've been having. But uh, a few nice showers would be good. Yeah, um, just enough to take the dirt off the, the windscreen on the vehicles. That'd be that'd be a nice bit of rain. Yeah. Are they? Um... Is that an average summer over there in Western Australia where you have a name? Yeah. Uh, it hasn't been a particularly hot summer. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I 
we barely hit 40 degrees. That's 104 Fahrenheit. Uh, barely hit that. Normally we do get into, you know, 40 degrees, maybe the low 40s. Um, mm-hmm. But, uh, and, and I mean, the other day it was mid-20s. So I think it was 27. Uh, what's that? High 70s or so in Fahrenheit. Mm-hmm. Um so that was quite cool. The other the other night, I, the other morning, I actually said to the wife, "Can you get a blanket out to stick on the bed?" I woke up feeling cold, which just doesn't happen, or hasn't happened for a very long time. Yes, um, but uh, no, very very dry climate. But we do get a fair whack of rain in winter, so very much seasonal. Yep, yep. Uh, and as pools are they? Sorry, you went blank there for a second. Sorry, is that better? Yep. Um, most of your the pools and and the residential um, clients are they water tank or are they main supply water? Mostly main supply. Yes. Some will use bore water, so groundwater. Um, that can bring its own chemistry issues depending on what impurities there are. Some areas you find high iron levels, and I don't like iron in water. I. I can't think of any practical reason to have it there uh, and many reasons to get rid of it. So that happens occasionally. Water tanks aren't really that common. If a house is on water tanks, then normally that's for their domestic supply. They'll quite often run it through a filter, sometimes a UV system, uh, just so they can use it for you know washing and cooking and drinking and so forth. Yeah. Um, yeah, water tanks not really that that common because when you think about it as well, we get you know half an inch of evaporation a day quite a lot of the summer, and that's really going to start taking water out of that that catchment tank. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but a thousand liters of water here is two dollars, so it's not a it's not like the price of petrol. Uh, yeah. It's not as if you're putting that stuff. Yeah, mind you, we're the only place in the world I know of where diesel is actually more expensive than petrol. Uh, still, still the case now. Still the case. Uh, we may have talked about this before. I was speaking with my brother, who uh, mm. was very involved in a management level in one of the oil refineries on the east coast, and I said, "What justification is there for that?" And he said, "Absolutely none. They can make the money on it, so they do." And I yeah. thought, "Yeah, thanks for looking out for the little guy." <laughs> hmm. It was similar over here for, uh, for just for a very short period of time, maybe about six weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, diesel was more expensive than, you know, your regular petrol, your 91s over here, which is what it's called. Yeah, so. Uh, but, yeah, that, I think that will be lasting maybe about six weeks. But, again, you still have to pay a road user charge on top if you're a diesel vehicle. So basically, you're, it's another type of tax to mm-hmm. pay, um, as well as paying for a cheaper alternative fuel, as well as class it as. Yeah, see, for my truck, which is more than four and a half tonnes gross vehicle mass, uh, mm-hmm. so fully loaded, it's more than, I think four and a half is the cutoff, I can actually claim a diesel fuel credit on tax. Okay. So um, big thanks to my bookkeeper for discovering that one. Uh, so that's that was a handy one that uh, even the accountant didn't pick up on. So uh, my bookkeeper is worth her weight in gold. <laughs> they always are if they're a good one. So with that cyclone coming through and all the damage, the 
big yeah. important question how did the vineyards cope they have been drowning unfortunately oh, no so around the hawks bay region um it's very well known for making great quality wine mm-hmm. um i think it was about two days ago they were showing that they're they're still pretty much underwater so it's going to be very interesting to see what's going to happen in the next year or two when it comes to New Zealand wine. I guess if if you can get it in Australia, even okay. in America, you know, stock up on it if you like it because yeah, it's it's probably going to be um, quite a drought. Completely the opposite, you know, quite a drought with wine wine uh, coming out of that region in the next couple of years. Gee, you guys, your you, CO2 shortage is mm. ruining your, your beer industry, your, your cyclones ruining your wine industry. Maybe you guys, will have, you guys will have to go sober soon. <laughs> hey? You could be telling us the detox, mate. Yeah, you never yeah. know. <laughs> Nature's way of telling you, you drink too much. Um, or just drink Australian. Let's uh, put it out there. Me. Yeah. Um, no, we've got some uh, fantastic... Um, Wines on uh, in Australia. Margaret River region is uh, two, three hours drive south from here. Swan Valley makes some amazing ones. Uh, I have yeah. customers in the Swan Valley. Um, and on that in the Swan Valley, um, just yesterday, I think it was, I heard there was a, an international gin competition in the UK and a Swan Valley dis- uh, gin distillery won the best gin in the world award. Oh, Wow. So uh, not bad for a business that started a few years ago in his garden shed. Yeah, that's some so, going. Yeah, a bit of initiative, a bit of entrepreneurship. Mm. But no uh, gin or wine for me lately. Uh, last weekend we had our uh, industry expo in Perth. Yes. Uh, so uh, not an expo where not a trade show. This one was for the public. So most or a lot of the local pool builders, most of the fiberglass builders definitely were there. A lot of equipment suppliers. Uh, I always rock along to that, just catch up with some people I haven't seen for a while, particularly yeah. some of the suppliers who come over from the East Coast just to be there, uh, you know, shake hands with them and see how they're going. Mm. Uh, and a couple of times putting faces to names, which uh, which is always good to do. It's good. Definitely. But uh, I looked up the um, last yeah. year I went to the trade trade show oh, yeah. on the Gold Coast and I was thinking that would be a good opportunity because we're, even though our country's next door to each other, we're, what, thousands of kilometres apart. Family, we're family. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> um, but I was thinking it could be good to catch up on the um, uh, trade show on the Gold Coast, but uh, that's not till 2024. And it's August. Our season this year started in August, or this season started last August, which is very early for the season. Wow. So, um, now 2024, it's on. We'll see if we can um, catch yeah. up there somehow. Yeah, that's, that sounds good, really. Um, I've never been to one, never been to a, a trade show or any form of expo um, in this industry. So, it's definitely a good thing for me to oversee. Mm-hmm. Be good to meet up with you as well, definitely, Peter. Yeah, and the Gold Coast, some great food and drink. I must sound like an alcoholic glutton the way I speak. A little bit sometimes, yeah. 
<laughs> Thanks. Last, but, last couple of podcasts have been, to, I think they have been talking about beer and wine, actually. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, maybe it's that time of day. On a, and We always record on a weekend, so uh, that could be it. But um, no, that would be a um, good one to catch up. When I got back yeah. from that, my bookkeeper said, uh, Pete, um, you realise you can't claim on all this food and beverage. I said, well, why not? It was a trade show. And uh, she just shook her head at me. She does that a lot. seeing all the pictures of the uh, American hosts on Talking Pools podcast over uh, at a couple of trade shows in America. Uh, That's the goal. I'd love to go there Mm. for one of those, one or two of those, but they're always the absolute peak season for us. Yeah. Which, which makes sense. That's how it has to be. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like every couple of weeks, um, those guys that go into a different trade show and it's it, it's just looks like it's it's phenomenal over there. It's booming. Yeah, big industry. Uh, I was speaking with the state manager of Pentair. This mm-hmm. is going back a couple of years, and he said that in terms of pool equipment, what Australia sells of Pentair equipment in a year, the USA does in three days. Wow. It's it's just a much, much bigger market That's... than we have. Uh, Zealand, you know, I think we're in the swimming pool industry. We're just like a little pinprick, you know, compared to the rest of the world. So if we're like family, you're the little brother down off the coast, hey? Uh, (laughs) If you want to, yeah. 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 Oh, I'm really going to cop it for that. (laughs) Any interesting jobs this week? Um, I mean, yeah, that dive. That's, yeah, this one's making me pull my hair out a little bit. Yes. It is ongoing again tomorrow. I do need to go back there. Um, <clears throat> but no, just, um, it's clean. It's just cleaning up after the cyclone, yeah. really. Um, you know, compared to what pools are usually like this time of year, you know, you go in there as a regular, you know, your regular valet, you know, you're in and out within 30, 60 minutes, depending on what the pool size is. Mm-hmm. Um, there's been a few this week, which have been two and a half, three hours. Yeah. You know, leaves and sticks and branches. Um, luckily, no floating cars or any, um, no ride on lawnmowers. No, I've told you about those. They were good ones. They were interesting. Oh, uh, yeah, it's just, it's, it's plain catch up now and clean up the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Now, for us, very much the I'm really bogged down with the regular servicing. Uh, equipment inquiries have dropped off. They're always bigger at the start of the season and the first half of the season. Um, so they've dropped off a bit. Uh, repairs, I've had a few people in the last couple of weeks uh, who have contacted me and said, um, you know, I've been told that my chlorinator needs replacing or I need a new cell and I've gone out there. Uh, and what I find is two things. First of all, 
95% of problems with salt chlorinators is bad chemistry. Fix yeah. that up. A lot cheaper than replacing a cell most of the time and definitely cheaper most of the time than replacing the, the uh, salt system. Uh, and the other couple of different models out there, the connections aren't well designed where the cable connects to the cell. Right. And if they loosen off and don't make a proper uh, point of contact, then, of course, it's not going to work. So I've had a couple of those. And when the customers had two other people go out there, one or two other people, and say, oh, you need a new chlorinator, mm-hmm. yeah, anywhere from 1000 to $2,500, and then you go up and say, okay, I've just reattached the connection and you can see it's producing. They they love it, of course, because you've saved a ton of money. Yep. Uh, and I know some guys who will go out and deliberately make the sale just so they can make the money off it. But what I find with those situations, when you've done a solid to the customer, done a good job, helped them out, you haven't flogged them something they don't need, immediately you are, they think you're wonderful. Yeah. And that's how I've got a lot of my customers. I was on a job, it was last season, and it was Friday afternoon. I had about five minutes to go on my last job, and this job took me about an hour because my phone just wouldn't stop ringing, and all from a certain area in the metropolitan area, so just a, a couple of suburbs. And when the, I think it was the sixth, maybe seventh, uh, call was coming to a close, I said, look, can I just ask what's happening in your area? What's happening around the, the Melville area today? Because I said, you're the, what am I don't know now, sixth, seventh caller from that area. And he said, oh, somebody put a um, post up on the local Facebook community group and 20 people recommended you. Wow. And I went went on to that group later that night and had a look at it. And about seven or eight of them just said, you have to go to Pete because he's not going to rip you off. And people know. I've done it with uh, property managers uh, my one of my biggest property managers that I uh, uh, provide pool services for. Yes, uh, she gave me a call one day and said, "Oh, we've got this customer. They have a cell. It's failed. They've been told they need to replace it. Can you go and have a look at it? Make sure it needs replacing." And quote, and uh, got there, checked everything. Fifteen minutes later, rang the uh, the property manager. And said, "Okay, it's all fixed. The chlorinator's fine. The chemistry's out. I've built the tenant." They could not believe it. They said, but didn't you replace you, you didn't replace the cell? I said, no, it didn't need replacing. Yeah. It was working fine. And the big advantage of that, yeah, I lost a sale on a cell. Big deal. It's it's one cell I do heaps. But they know when I say this item is stuffed, it needs replacing. They mm. know that, yeah. I'll always do the right thing first. And I just find that um, a good way to do things. Stark contrast from some of them. Um, I mean, I know one guy, uh, we were actually were at the trade fair over east and he was boasting that he will do things like loosen a connection on a chlorinator cell or, you know, walk off with their vacuum plate for their skimmer. And so he can sell them one. And I'm thinking wow. that's... First of all, illegal. Secondly, immoral. And thirdly, you're going to get a slap to the head if you keep doing that because one day someone's going to see you see you doing it. Uh, and these days there's security cameras everywhere, so um, you just don't take the risk. Yeah, there's no need for that. 
Have you ever been um, had a customer test you? And what I'm getting at here is it's happened a couple of times in the past to me where you're doing the service and you find money in the skimmer box. <laughs> no. That's happened twice to me. And I know a few other guys who it's happened to as well. Yeah. So um, they'll put one was a $20 note, the other was a $50 note. Oh. Uh, it was in the skimmer box. So, um, uh, yeah, that's another thing I've, I've done where you see it, you, you send a text message to the customer, hey, there was this in the skimmer. Uh, do you want me to leave it here or do you want me to take it and credit it off your, your bill for this service? And both times they said, oh, the last guy didn't admit to finding it. One of them actually, um, he didn't empty the skimmer basket, so he didn't see it, so it was still there. Uh, the other one, he um, he said, oh, yeah, the other guy just put it in his pocket and walked off. So um, how to make friends and influence people. Yeah. So... Uh, a client life there. They know you're honest. They know you're not trying to steal from them or shaft them. Um, yeah. There are some operators with some pretty damn low ethics in uh, in this industry. Mm. I mean, surely there's plenty of work out there for, for people not having to do things like that. There is such a shortage of supply of services in our industry yeah, especially the more technical jobs, because a lot of guys out there, all they can really do is, you know, clean a pool and replace mm. a cell. Uh, I'm turning away multiple customers per day at the moment until I can get more staff. Yeah, which we've spoken about a number of times. Mm. So there, there is no shortage of work. Yeah, in uh, in the city at the moment. Uh, I could keep a team of three, four people busy 12 hours a day, seven days a week. Yeah. Not that I would because you've got to have a have time off. You've got to have a break or you burn out, especially coming towards the end of summer. Uh, we're all running around looking ragged and exhausted. Uh, a couple of people have said, Pete, you look so tired. It's like, yep, it's that time of year. <laughs> so... Uh, yeah, so that's a couple of interesting ones. Apart from that, just a lot of services, a few minor spare parts, uh, a few pool lights, which um, can happen any time of the year, but uh, no, particularly, uh, again, most commonly at the start of the season when people dewinterize their pool, they start using it again and realise their, uh, their light's not working. But I've uh, got about four of those this week. Well, it's funny you should say that. Yeah, I had one last week, actually. Last week? And then I actually sent you the photo of the light. Yeah, was that in a spa or a pool? No, it was a pool. Okay. A pool. Um, he had just moved into the place where he was unsure on how old the pool was, um, but it was, <clears throat> there was no markings, there was no brand, no model. So it always makes it a little bit difficult when you're, especially lights, they can be a real pain in the ass sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just trying to find one which matches it. Um, yeah, especially if it's a branded. Um, one good thing that I used, I think it was last year, there was another pool light that this, this guy needed. And I actually took a photo of it face on um, using Google Lens. And then it come up with matches. Ooh. And I actually, I actually found the light from Google Lens. I'm so, going to try that. Yeah, yeah. I've tried it with this one, but it's 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 not coming up. But uh, um, the other one was 
it, yeah, it was it was a lot more detailed on the face of it. Mm. Um, so yeah, that'd be a tip if anybody's um, wanting to know what brand of light they've got. By all means, try Google Lens. It might help you out. The same could go for certain filters, perhaps where there's no labeling on it. Possibly. I mean, I most of us know the, the major brands of filters, but mm. um, here you get some smaller brands and some shops will import, you know, a container of filters and just generally cheap rubbish, but they sell them. Yeah. Uh, so that could be potentially handy for that. But yeah, anytime I replace a light before I replace it, I always test the transformer. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe they're done differently in certain parts of the world, but here a light for the last many years, could only be 12 volt. Right. The LEDs are now often 12, 24, or 32 volt options. Mm-hmm. But now new lights are 12 volt. Nice. Um, cable runs, and I test the cable as well because some of the older pools, the cable corrodes out over the years because they're yep. very rarely installed in conduit. Yep. Which I think is a big mistake and a big misstep by some yep. of the uh, builders. But yep. I can save a few dollars. Uh, and if you've suddenly got to start lifting up, you know, poured concrete or something around a pool to get to a pool light cable to replace it, that's a big problem. Uh, I'd love it if there was a rechargeable battery light that just fits onto uh, the wall of the pool that was reliable. There's a few that, you know, might last six months or a year. I've had customers who bought them off, you know, Facebook ads or whatnot, which you've got to be careful with at the best of times. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, so the light goes has a cable connecting it to a, 12-volt transformer, which then plugs into a wall socket. Uh, I've mentioned before, over here, we can't work with mains power, the 240-volt, because you need to be a licensed electrician. Yeah. Uh, that's same in New Zealand, exactly. That's why most of our equipment, like our pumps, very rare to see a pump hardwired in. They're plugged into a socket. So um makes it a lot easier to swap them, swap them out as well. It does. Yeah, yeah you're not wrong. I had a, um, there was a job a little while ago, they had a pool-spar combo, but they only had, um, there wasn't any actuator valves or anything, so they were just running it from one system, one pool pump, uh, one filter, uh, but they were using a spar as basically a return, you know, mm-hmm. flowing, um, overlapping, going into the swimming pool. They wanted to um, make them independents, so... For them to do that, they their switchboard in their pump shed was the same age as a house. And I think they said the house was built in early 17s. So if a electrician needs to do any form of work um, regards to the switchboard, if someone needs to just be replaced because it's the old style, the whole thing needs to be ripped out. Yep. Um, put in um, a much safer switchboard nowadays. Mm. So I had to get that one up, upgraded. They were fine doing that. Yeah. Uh, I think a lot of people don't actually realise, um, you know, the extent of work which might actually be involved. You know, you just want to convert a spot over. Well, actually, you need to have this done, this done, this done. Yeah. And especially on some of the older houses, because the laws here were different then as well, uh, I've gone up and looked inside the switchboard or the, the fuse box uh, before starting work to make sure there are RCDs, yes. uh, residual current devices, because I don't want to be working on a job, on a pool, 
something shorts out, what whatnot, the RCD is there, not to be relied on, but as an extra layer of, layer of protection. Mm. Uh, and I don't want to be zapped. Ever since many years ago, I was working on a spa and took the panel off to check something, front mm-hmm. panel off the controller, and um, didn't realise that a couple of the uh, points in there were actually uh, live. Mm-hmm. And uh, I turned it off and the customer had decided to turn it back on again. So an RCD would have saved me a nasty little zap there. So 240 volts going? Yeah, it would have been. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I um, told the customer, look, when somebody turns something off, when they're working on it, do not turn it back on. You'd think it would be common sense, but common sense is no longer common. Certainly isn't. Hmm. Anyway. I'm sure you're keen to go off to uh, beer o'clock or if you can still get it over there. Uh, I wish it was, mate. I wish it was. Now I've got a bit of uh, renovating to do now, renovation work. I don't envy you that. No, it's got to be done. I have family coming here 6th of April. My parents are coming over. So, yeah, I've got a few things to do around the house before they arrive. Yes. Oh, yeah, no pressure. I said, I forget who it was who originally said family or visitors are like fish. They start to smell after three days. I'm not a big fan of having visitors staying with us. <laughs> I something uh... to stay with you during the trade show, mate. What happened? <laughs> <laughs> well, trade shows on the other end of the country. So um, uh, I do know a very good hotel in the area and straight across the road, best Asian fusion restaurant I've ever been to. So, uh, but there's uh, food again. Speaking of which, it's coming on midday. I started at about six this morning. I've got a few hours left. I'm about to get some lunch. Good on you. Uber Eats is a wonderful thing. It sure is. Yeah. Anyway, you look after yourself out there. You too, Peter. Don't work too hard. And you have a bloody good week. You too. Thank you. Cheers, mate. Bye-bye. I just wanted to take a minute to say thank you for listening today. I'm hoping you enjoyed the episode as much as we enjoyed putting it together for you. Listen, it's been a couple of wacky, crazy, screwed up years from pandemic to Poolmageddon. I just want you to know that we are all in this together. If there's anything that we can do for you, send me an email at talkingpools at gmail.com. Again, that's talkingpools at gmail.com. We're here. This is your podcast. We are the Pool People's Podcast of the Pool People for the Pool People by the Pool People's Podcast. This one is about you. So thank you for tuning in and listening. Do me a favor. Click subscribe before you go. That way you don't miss an episode. 